Well, you know that the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ, our God, is Alpha and Omega. He is the one who was and is and is to come. He's the one who declares the end from the very beginning. We also know that our God is a God of means, just as surely as He is a God of ends. We believe in a sovereign God, a God who orders the entire universe from the movements of the tiniest atomic particles to the movement of the heavenly bodies. He's in charge of everything. That's what we believe. We also believe that God not only rules in the army of heaven, but He also rules the kingdoms of men. So let me tell you what I figured out. Every election is rigged. (laughs) He raises up one and He puts down another. He gives one wealth and He withholds it from another. He guides the flight of the dove and the raven. And He guides His children with His hands. And His hands shape the providential circumstances of our lives. He uses various means of His providence to guide and shape our lives. And one of the means, listen, one of the means that God uses to guide His children is favor. You talked about it this morning. Bill talked about it in his sermon. Divine favor. Do you remember that Abraham found grace? That Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord? My children used to enjoy that song. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. Remember that? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But listen, every single child of God has found grace or favor in God's sight. Are you favored? If you're a Christian, you're highly favored. If you study the life of David, and you should, one of the things that becomes quite obvious in the life of David is how the Lord blesses David with success. Obvious favor when he seeks the Lord. And how David has military failure when he proceeds on his own strength. But beyond divine favor, specifically and directly expressed, as often seen in David's life, there's another phenomenon in which God gives a man favor with other men. There's a favor that God gives when He moves in the minds and hearts of specific men to give them favor or to give someone favor in their sight. And that's the specific type of favor I want to discuss with you this afternoon. Divine favor, and specifically God-given favor with men. To start to think about divine favor for just a few minutes, I want to rehearse for you a familiar Bible story that we're all familiar with. The story of Joseph. And you remember the great patriarch, Joseph. As a boy, Joseph was beloved of his father, Jacob. You remember this. 
And Jacob, being unwise in the matter, showed such preference to his son, Joseph, that his brothers began to hate him. And you remember the results. Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt. A dreadful occurrence. And he ended up a servant in the house of the captain of Pharaoh's secret service. A, a man named Potiphar. Look with me to Genesis chapter 39. Verses 2 through 6. And I want you to remember we're thinking about divine favor. And I want you to hear my emphasis as I read. Listen. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him, and he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass, from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person, and well favored. I hope you, he, hope you see what's happening here. Here's this young man, Joseph, God's man, in the midst of a horrific situation, far away from his home, separated from his family and his people, enslaved to the enemies of the Hebrews. And yet, the Scriptures tell us that even in the midst of this harsh situation, God is giving him favor. And where did the favor come from? According to Holy Scripture, God gives it to him. And you remember what happens next? Potiphar's wife sees what a blessed young man Joseph is and becomes madly attracted to him. And she tries to seduce him. Now, now listen, just read between the lines with me for a minute. And let's see how favored he is of God in this situation. The old Puritans used the term prevenient grace. Have you heard of that? Prevenient grace to describe that specific grace that God imparts to His people when He keeps them out of trouble. And beloved, listen, don't, don't we pray every day, deliver us from evil? Well, in this situation, God's prevenient grace, a special divine favor rests upon Joseph. I mean, think about this. Think about this young man, alone, enslaved in a foreign land, estranged and separated from his family, and then this wealthy woman throws herself at him. That's tough. But Joseph resists, and Joseph refuses her. And he refuses her until she literally tears his clothes off. And he runs. And you remember that the woman scorn makes up a lie. And for his resistance, he ends up in Pharaoh's
prison accused of attempted rape. You remember this? But look down to verses 21 through 23. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Beloved, (laughs) Joseph had divine favor. He had favor with God, and he had special favor with men. You remember the rest of the story, how in God's providence, Joseph is elevated to the high office of prince of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself. And you remember how Joseph uses that office to preserve God's chosen people through a devastating famine. So here, in the life of Joseph... We see Joseph having favor with God, favor with Potiphar, favor with the master of the prison, favor with Pharaoh. And listen, the Scripture very plainly teaches that the favor was of the Lord. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him mercy favor. Remember Daniel? Here's another young man carried away captive into the land of Babylon. And there, in the heart of darkness, God gives him favor with the king, so his life is spared. And when Daniel, this alien captive, tries to take a stand and observe the Hebrew dietary restrictions, God gives him favor with the prince that was set over the Hebrew captives. In Daniel 1, verse 9, the Bible says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. God made that man favor Daniel. God even made the man love Daniel. And you remember the rest of the story about the den of lions and Daniel's special favor with the king and how Daniel, the interpreter of dreams, is elevated to third in the kingdom. Daniel was given favor in the eyes of men. Favor in the eyes of men. And the favor that Daniel had, where did it come from? It came from God. God gave him favor. When the Hebrews were about to make their mighty exodus from Egypt, the Bible says this, listen, the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required. And so they spoiled the Egyptians. Exodus twelve thirty-six. You remember what happened? These slaves were lent Jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and fine clothes. And when they escaped, they didn't bring the stuff back. Oh, they made a golden calf out. They didn't bring it back. Now listen, friend, why in the world would you loan a diamond ring to a slave? 
I mean, seems what we Southerners would say, that's plumb crazy. Why would you do that? Two words. Divine favor. Do you remember these words that Dr. Luke records concerning our Savior in his youth? Listen. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. Luke 2.52 Jesus Himself, the God-man, had favor with men. Divine favor. Favor given Him by His Father. Now, brethren, listen. Listen. Of all the people who claim the name of Christ, we who believe that God is sovereign over all the affairs of men, we ought to have a robust appreciation of the idea of divine favor. We ought to. If you believe in the sovereignty of God, you ought to have a robust appreciation of divine favor. Listen, God discriminates. He favors His people. Yes, He causes the rain to fall upon the just and upon the unjust, but in His grace, He favors the just. The justified. God favors His people. He shows them special favor, and He often gives them favor with the sons of men. Think with me for a minute about Eutychus, about the idea of luck. My dictionary defines luck as, quote, that which happens by chance. Fortune, lot, or good fortune, success. Now, that, listen, the idea of good fortune or luck is an ancient idea, and it goes back as far as history can take us. When I was studying Latin several years ago, Eric, the, the teaching materials I used taught ancient Latin quotes as part of the program. It was kind of neat because you not only learned Latin, you learned these old Roman quotes. It was amazing how many of the ancient Roman quotes had to do with the idea of luck or the goddess of fortune or how things fall out to the children of men. You may not believe in lady luck, but the Romans sure did. Now listen, as, as ethical monotheists, specifically Christians... And as believers in the scriptural doctrine, doctrine of divine predestination, we don't believe in the idea of luck. Do we? Beloved, we Orthodox Christians who believe and teach a determined human existence, a divinely determined existence, we reject the ideas of luck and chance as totally incompatible with the doctrine of divine determination. And whenever I say divine determination, I mean God is the one who determines what happens. He's ordained the end all the way from the beginning. So we believe that God is in charge. So authentic Christianity, I assert, rejects any doctrine of luck. Now, 
when my son goes into the ball game, I say, good luck. I, I, I just do that because of the culture, not because of any belief. So listen, <laughs> concerning luck, though, I, I believe I believe that the very idea of luck is evidence of the divine stamp upon man's personality. I mean, listen, men, even or man, even the man who rejects the Bible and the God of the Bible, he just can't get away from the idea that some are favored and some are not. People can't get away from that. They believe it. And since man can't get away from the idea of favor, the godless, the ungodly, renames the phenomenon and calls it luck. Now, please hear carefully what I'm saying. Saints, if you want to get practical with this, then when you desire well for your fellow man, when you have a good feeling towards it, Christians, listen, you shouldn't say good luck. I need to stop that. You shouldn't say good luck. Rather, you who are priests and priestesses of the Most High, God should say, God bless you. Are are you listening? You should. If you truly desire good, blessings, favor for your friend, then invoke it. Entreat God for it. Point to your friend and say, God bless you. It's a pronouncement, but it's a prayer. It's an invocation. I'm asking God bless you. God bless you. It's a priestly invocation. So let's be crystal clear what we're saying this afternoon. We're saying that the Scriptures plainly teach that God, in special providential moves, gives favor to certain men and certain women. He discriminates in their favor. And we're saying that we, the people of God, who believe in the absolute sovereignty of God, should not use the interpretive paradigm of the heathens. What I'm telling you is if you look through our Jesus glasses, we should see the world differently. We, the people of God, listen, we the people of God who believe in the absolute sovereignty of God should not use the interpretive paradigm of the heathens. We should see things differently. You know why that happened? Well, I know at least one reason why. Because God ordained it. That's what I'm talking about. Ultimately, that's why it happened. The average pagan... Average American pagan, he sees the events of this life and he sees a lucky man who succeeds. She sees a lucky woman. She won the lottery. My beloved, listen, to Christians, this is or ought to be the height of foolishness. Every roll of the dice is determined. Our brother reminded us last Lord's Day, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Proverbs 16.33. The Net Bible translates that. The dice are thrown into the lap, but their every decision is from the Lord. 
So, beloved, listen. Every event that occurs is somehow within the sovereign providence of God. You want me to explain that to you? I, I can't do that. I may not understand everything that I'm saying when I say that, but as much as I can, I believe it. And brothers and sisters, listen, what a blessing it is that God doesn't ask us for knowledge. He asks us for faith. He calls upon us to believe. He says to us, trust me. Doesn't he? And so, beloved, listen, as we pray and desire our fellow men to come to the Savior, we should call out to God for divine favor. Listen, I know you have, but so it's a question. Haven't you had the experience where God gives you favor with another person? Haven't you had that happen before? And you've been able to share with them powerful, life-changing truths? Somehow it just sort of like, man, it was just... And haven't you experienced not having that? I have. And, And listen, beloved, listen. The only time that ever happens is when God gives favor. When God, in His gracious providence, gives one human being grace in another human being's eyes. And listen, unless and until that happens, the movements of our tongue in witness to another human being is nothing but a useless stirring of the air. God has to open His heart. God has to make Him overcome His dislike of you. Now listen, if we, we know this. If men and women, boys and girls are to be born from above, it must be a work of God. It is God's work. And it will only happen when God gives us favor with men as we share the gospel of Jesus. So, men and brethren, what should we do? Women, sisters, what should we do? I first began to really appreciate this idea of divine favor many years ago when I was in college. And listen, it's an idea that should be of great practical comfort to God's children. And you and I should be highly sensitized to the favor of God. And listen, if you're a Christian and you're doing well on your job, in your workplace, I can tell you why. The reason is this. You're a recipient of divine favor. If you have any success in your efforts at sharing the gospel with your neighbor, let me tell you why. The reason is divine favor. If you have a happy marriage when all those around you are failing, it's not because you're such a great husband. And it's not because you're such a great wife. It's because of divine favor. If you're a Christian, listen, if you're a Christian and you have a sound mind right now in the midst of a generation just filled to the gills with foolishness, you know why? Divine favor. When people that don't even know you, Christian, go out of their way to help you, has that ever happened to you? I didn't even know the guy. It's a bad neighborhood, but this guy came and just helped me. 
Why? I think it's divine favor. When pagans, heathens, and other average Americans like you, actually like you, and treat you kindly, even though they disagree with you, why would that happen? Well, divine favor. Beloved, listen, I don't know about white privilege, but the Bible is crystal clear that there is a privilege, a partiality, a discrimination, a favor upon God's people. It's not a white privilege, it's God privilege. Brothers and sisters, listen, all I'm trying to say this afternoon is to remind you of where we really are. That's what what I want you to, to see. You see, we are totally dependent upon the mercy and grace of our holy and sovereign God. We always are. Aren't we? We always are. The interesting thing is, is just sometimes we realize it. But we are always dependent upon the mercy and grace of God. Just sometimes we realize it. And then we walk in the light of the truth that God is in control. But more often we don't. More often we don't. And when we don't, sadly, we often use the same interpretive paradigm as our pagan neighbors do. And to quote the Apostle James, brethren, these things ought not so to be. We're supposed to think differently. Our God is in control. Not a little bit. He's in full control. The Apostle Paul, using philosophical language, says that in Him, in God, in Him we live and move and have our being. Acts 17, 28. Now that's pretty heavy. But Paul's affirming that we are contingent beings. In every motion that happens is ordained and ordered by Almighty God. And some of you know that I like to, I like philosophical thinking. And to me, the biggest philosophical question I've encountered and that I enjoy posing is sometimes referred to as the existential question. And the question goes like this, why is there something rather than nothing? Why is there something rather than nothing? Why existence? Why is? Why consciousness? Why life? Why people? Why love? Is, why is there something rather than nothing? Well, Paul's affirming that there is something. And that the reason why there is something, the foundation, the cause of it, is I am. It's God. We serve serve a sovereign God. And if He gives us favor, we're favored. Do you remember this question from 1 Corinthians 4, 7? Who maketh thee to differ from another? And what dost thou have that thou didst not receive? And if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as though thou hadst not received it? Rhetorical question. 
What do you have that you didn't receive? Nothing. Well, then why are you so bigoty? The apostolic message here is, is it's all from God. It's all from God. And beloved, listen, if you want to see how prevalent in Holy Scripture this idea of favor is, you can look in your Bible and see how often it occurs. It's in there a lot. A whole, whole lot. And beloved, we who are sons and daughters of the Most High God are not we highly favored? Or are we not highly favored? We are. We are. And do we not need more favor? We do. So saints, here's what I want you to remember from this. I want you to remember that favor with men is a blessing from the Lord. A great blessing. A great blessing. It's God that raises up and God that puts down. And if our hearts are right and we see where our blessings come from, if we're not trying to use God as a good luck charm or a spell to get what our flesh wants, if our minds are right and we're focused on His kingdom and His righteousness, then listen, it's most appropriate, most appropriate that we, His children, invoke His blessing and entreat Him for His gracious favor. You ought to pray. Uh, one of my mentors used to say, I'll pray for you, but I can't do your praying for you. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You know who should pray the most for you? You. Listen, God loves us. We are His favorites. He's favored us. Gentiles by nature, we belong to the wild olive wood. Grace took us from the barren tree and grafts us in the good. With the same blessings grace endows the Gentile and the Jew. If pure and holy be the root, such are the branches too. Then let the children of the saints be dedicate to God. Pour out thy spirit on them, Lord, and wash them in thy blood. Thus to the parents and their seed shall thy salvation come, and numerous households meet at last in one eternal home. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you for your divine favor. Oh, Father, how could we doubt, how could we ever doubt your love when you sent your own Son to die for us, to save us from our sins? Oh, Father, thank you for favoring us. And Father, help us to live our lives in a knowledge that we're, we've been greatly favored by you. And Father, give us favor with men, not for our own glory, but Father, that we might bring more sons to your glory, more daughters to your kingdom. And thank you for favor with you and for favor with our fellow man. 
we bow before you in humble acknowledgement that every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, not even a shadow of turning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.